swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. You can also go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. You can hop on over to Twitter. My Control Issues is the handle. And you can go to the podcast provider. Look for Control Issues. Download control issues, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, do it. AMC, we can already get a little idea of how you're living over there. <laughs> but we'll yes. let you put it in words. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, it's been quite the break. This has been I can't I, I'm pretty sure this is our longest break that we've taken since we started the show. Uh if you guys weren't aware, because I've been pretty much been I've been teasing it for about a month leading up to our break. The baby, the baby was coming and the baby has arrived. Um, yes, here. Yeah. <laughs> Naomi is now part of the control issues family. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Baby Naomi had, a, had a girl. So now I've got a girl and a boy and that has pretty much been my entire life. I've been, I've been in, in and out of the hospital. Um, now, now, just pretty much done with the hospital. Just getting family life together, getting getting dad life together, and then, I, you know, took about a couple of weeks of getting that down, getting the routines. Didn't want to put too much on Marissa's plate like too soon as um to get back to the show. So you know, had to like had to take some time to like get things like you know a little. A little like secured and you know um, routines so that we can make sure that like everything's fine. And so now Marissa feels fine watching Theo for about you know about an hour or two while we while we record this podcast. So good news is we get to keep doing the damn thing because I couldn't wait to get back. I know there wasn't a ton of news, and then all the news. Well, all the news, all the news happened. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was I, I just saw it and I was like, you know, like I was ready to come back last week, but um, I forgot some other shit came up, and I was like, all right, you know, we could wait one more week. And then Monday dropped, and then I was like, all right, yep, you know, time to get the show going again. And so yeah, I've been I've been gaming here and there, watching watching some movies, watching some some good movies, some bad movies, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, keep keeping my life straight. How about yourself, A Dub? How you been? Uh, you know, up and down. I was looking forward to New Year's, got a little sick, didn't look forward to New Year's anymore, <laughs> ended up laying on the couch drinking wine, looking at my watch. But you know what? That was also a wonderful time. Drink a lot of wine over like the past couple months. I'm I'm liking the wine drunk, especially just being at the house. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I spent my New Year's in a hospital, so, <laughs> so you, we were both basically spent our New Year's not doing shit. <laughs> well, I mean, you were you were getting ready to welcome the princess to the kingdom. Yeah, that's very true. But keep keep yes. it going, Ada. Yeah. Did that, you know, 
had a, some personal things. You know, your boy tried to open up his heart. Nobody wanted to come in. So had to close it back down, get back on my feet and get back out in the world. Ruined a jacket that I had to buy a second time. That sucked. Um, just work, however that's going. But other than that, playing some video games, studying, just trying to move my life along. You know, uh, closing, closing chapters, closing out some loose threads in my life, but opening up new threads, getting ready to start, you know, new legs of the journey, just trying to keep moving forward, trying to keep growing. Same old story, but I'm sure you want to know something else, AMC. Yes, I do want to know, A-Dub. You know, it's been a while. We haven't, we didn't even get to discuss what you had been playing in the pre-show. So, A-Dub, why don't you let us know what you've been riding on? Not much. You know, a lot of the same things um, on my side of the game. I should have finished Chorus by now, and I should have streamed it, but I haven't, but I will at some (laughs) point. Instead, I've just been popping in weekly to play Forza Horizon 5, you know, every week the season changes and it's new challenges, new content to take part in, you know, it's, it incentivizes you to use different kinds of vehicles, tune them to different, to different specifications and performance levels, and just, you know, do things that you normally wouldn't on your own. So I enjoy doing that on a weekly basis, coming in, collecting my wheel spins, doing things of that nature, getting the 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 car pack releases and also winning the first seasonal car every week so that's been fun for me uh playing returnal just still nicking and scratching away at that platinum i popped that on today and was playing biome three managed to find two glyphs so that leaves only two more for biome three and then i could focus exclusively on biome six and then that platinum is mine and then i can wait for whatever Housemark may have in store for the future of that game. Hopefully there's some DLC or something coming down the pipeline because I would really like uh, a reason to go back to Returnal and experience something fresh within it. Although, you know, just playing Returnal itself is the reward there. And earlier today, which was very satisfying, I decided to put on Diablo 3 again because uh, at a recent... At a recent trip to a friend's place a little north of here, we ended up playing three players on Diablo 3 on the Switch. And I had a blast and was like, you know what? I need to get back into Diablo. Fired up my seasonal crusader, was about level eight or nine this morning when I started playing around eight or nine in the the AM. And, you know, just about an hour before the show, finished off level 27, getting my gear tight, was getting my ass whooped for a little bit, but that gear started stacking up, got my legendary, already grew out of it. It Just, they can't hurt me. See, I think I got to turn up the difficulty, but my my damage output just isn't there. Like if I do it, sure, they're not going to be able to kill me, but I'm not going to be just cutting through the throngs like I need to. So, you know, still finagling what's going on, still making that run up to level 70, just unlocked socketed equipment. So I'm starting to put gems and everything, getting that little boost. Yeah, man, just enjoying myself, waiting for control to eventually fall under 10 bucks. So I get that ultimate edition and tell 505 that I beat them, but whatever. We'll we'll cover that another time. However, AMC, what have you been playing? I've been playing uh, a couple, a a variety of games. Let's just get right into it. So 
it's been so long after like after really bad track. So last thing we discuss, I've been playing Eastward and maybe Super Mario 3D World. So girlfriend games Super Mario 3D World. Me and Marissa and I we, we put that down before the new baby was, uh, arrived for Naomi arrived. Then we started playing Cuphead that um finally got to Cuphead on the Switch and that game is absolutely amazing. Um you know, it's a simple controls um and so that was not really my worry as far as like you know getting marissa on there but um i didn't know that the game had a lot of difficulty but i mean she picked it up right away we were handling business haven't beaten it yet we're about i believe last i checked we we're about like 50 percent of the way through um oh, i love wow. the game it's it's absolutely amazing it's a i think it's not it's not intended to be a long game because you replay boss battles so many times and the game is pretty much is the majority of the game is pretty much boss battles there are a couple levels where you just you like run through them um and like you're kind of running gunning and there's also a um like a level where you like you're in a an airplane and so it's kind of like a a side-scrolling airplane shooter and then outside of that then it's just boss battles and they're fucking tough that each boss has like you know three three evolutions within like the fight and each time they just get like just tougher more difficult crazier what i do love the game about the game that i didn't know i had is um there is an in-game shop and as you're playing the game you collect coins and you then get to get modifiers for your weapon uh which is basically just you shoot like you shoot energy out of your fingers <laughs> and so <laughs> you get the modifiers and it can increase the power of it like if um they increase the distance versus it being like a spread there's even one where you can just shoot anywhere and it just automatically homes in but obviously it's gonna be a a weaker attack um there's like a sniping one there's a charge one there's all things and then there's you have a special that builds up and you can modify that to have different types of specials and on top of that then there's um basically a passive modifier that um, can give you like extra health or an automatic dodge and things along those lines so it's pretty cool there's like some it's like a very it's very minimal but there is some building to the characters which is great and as i said difficult to shit but we're absolutely enjoying it it has all the charm that you would love from what you've seen in the trailers cuphead and absolutely amazing game and i would even recommend it as a girlfriend game even though um you know people talk about how difficult that shit is uh, other than that as, as i said i was playing eastward put in a lot of work with that um you know uh, initially when Naomi arrived i was just not gaming at all as things started to settle in i started to find my groove finding pockets spaces here and there where i can just squeak out an hour to to put in some gaming to the point where i'm now gaming more um as i'm on my paternity leave than you know when i was working and doing the family thing so this is absolutely amazing this is the sweet spot so because of that i was able to put in a lot of time into eastward put that down that game was absolutely amazing fun um revisiting game of the year i still would have it as metroid prime i did say i hadn't beaten eastward at that point so you know it might like suddenly like by the time i beat it might change my decision but after beating it metroid sorry metroid dread i should say um is still my game of the year but eastward absolutely amazing game um love the characters love the writing love the story development and love that that earthborn roguelike that was built into the game um that ended up playing into like some of the npcs that you come across later in the game so i love how everything just kind of tied in to the world of um and and the story of eastward after that uh about a week ago 
I took a break for about a day or two and then hopped right into it was going to be Final Fantasy 7 Remake because I've been waiting to play that game. I wanted it to be the first real game I played on the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. But then I just had that desire to play something just completely different. And I I purchased Disco Elysium and I was looking at it and I was just like, you know, <laughs> I, and from everything, I, I actually ended up rewatching the review of it just to, you know, get like a reminder, uh, just just to see like, yeah, should this be the next game I play? And as I'm watching, I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. This is this is a game that I have not played at all. It'll give me a, a, just a completely fresh take on, you know, what videos can, video games can be. And because of that, ended up going with Disco Elysium. Played it. It's funny, man. I've played it for about three to four days now, and. I am like pretty much still in like just the opening areas because there's so much to take in. There's so much world building. Uh, the characters are so interesting. And then just the gameplay. It's it's the closest I've been to playing Dungeons and Dragons without, you know, actually sitting down tabletop with the DM and the homies and <laughs> rolling the dice and hoping that things turn out for the best as I make my way through, you know, that story. And that's exactly what this game is. Uh you have uh so you they give you a three um you know uh, pre-made options as far as like character builds and then you can uh, you can go on your you can you can uh customize your own i ended up going with the uh the thinker uh so the options were a thinker basically the physical guy and then it's uh it's uh i, I think he's like an empath like you know he's just he's very much a people person and i want the thinker because i pretty much i decided like i wanted to do like kind of like a sherlock holmes style character and um so it was pretty cool so each character they have like their stats and the one that comes with the thinker is encyclopedia and that means that you have an encyclopedic knowledge of just things so like as people say things in conversation um you just say something I would love that. Oh yeah, it's, it's absolutely awesome. Like people will say something, and then you'll just have a thought in your head that will then break down like uh, a reference that the person just made. So you, you're always in the know with what people are talking about, and it can also contribute to maybe some dialogue choices. And what I love about this game too is that you know you want to build up your stats, and as you build up your stats, you get better. So the more I build up my encyclopedic knowledge, like the more things that I'll just pick up on. But there is like a downside. To having too much you know information and things along those lines mm-hmm. and the way the game works is it kind of reminds me of those old fallout games you know the top down ones where it's like each step uh passes time whereas in this game each bit of dialogue so not like a full conversation but each time like you get like a paragraph of dialogue that's a minute of time in the game in the game world and so um one of the downsides to like to being a thinker and especially uh. Wikipedia, is that you'll constantly get lost in thought like somebody will say something and then you'll have a thought about like something that the person said and that ends up just passing time because yep. you're getting lost in thought and so there's there's a downside to everything like there's you can be a good arguer but then the downside to an arguer is that um it says that you'll be like you're stuck in your ways and so you'll miss out on certain information because you're more about just winning the argument but what's good about being a good arguer as especially as a detective is that as people are telling you like um as people are like basically giving you information about a case you can then pick apart what they're saying and really like get like what they're really trying to say to understand like what they what information they might be leaving out or like kind of what viewpoints um, you really want to jump in on and and so that's like one of the things the thinker the the physical guy obviously they're dumb as dumb as a rock but then there's a lot of other good things going there and uh one of the other things so i have thinker and 
a side thing with him that's also good is he has good uh we'll say uh like movement but it's like agility and that meaning like he has good hand-eye coordination things on those lines and like good interface with like computers and stuff like that so that also comes into play with certain situations but um yeah because of that because of all those stats that you can work with it really plays into like just dialogue options because i know i'm playing a game that is going to be a complete different experience from somebody else who were to go a different route and even what i love about this game with what it does well too is like um when you're having dialogue choices the order that you go through your dialogue options can contribute to um information that you can glean from a conversation and so one of the things like uh, i went and talked to somebody and the the narrative voice in my head um i think it tied to like logic uh, which is one of my stats that i built up it says like uh as i'm going to like interrogate the person it says first ask them about the scene of the crime before asking them about like you know their uh connection to it because yeah. <laughs> as, as they as they describe the scene they can give you information that they didn't necessarily mean to so that then when you ask them about their connection, you can say like, oh, but you mentioned that yada, yada, yada was at the scene of the crime, but apparently, but you're also saying that you weren't there. So like, how did you know that? And things along those lines. So you like uh, usually how you would like maybe consider working just top down with all your dialogue options. You actually want to look at like um, which thing to choose first and based on the stats that you have in, you'll even be guided by the narrative voice in your head to, you know, pick certain dialogue options as opposed to other ones to, you know, get more information out of it. So it's just, what, what I love about it is it's, um, I was thinking about like, oh, this is kind of similar to, you know, those like, kind of like Telltale, David, was it David Cage style of games? Like those, those um, narrowly, narratively driven quote-unquote walking simulator style of games but what's yeah. different about those is that when you choose uh an option like that is your option and you just go down that path whereas in this one you can choose an option but based on your stats there's always a role and so if you say fail uh one of your choices it will completely change that option and you'll go down a different path so your choices don't necessarily always play out the way that you want them to. And that's because of that, that, uh, that dice roll. And that's like where the, the dungeon dungeons and dragon aspect really steps in. And as I said, makes this game different than anything else I've ever played. So because of that, it's just absolutely awesome. Very engaging. Marissa, Marissa thinks it's boring as shit, which is <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, it's, it's something that I've never experienced and it's absolutely what I want in a, in a video game. Like, as I'm playing it, all I'm thinking is that, like, I love this. I love this world that they've created, but now I want this in, like, a fantasy setting, like, in, in a true D&D type setting. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 I love it, and I hope that when there's the eventual uh, Disco Elysium, like, clones, that they end up taking it into one of those realms so that I can just really get that that D&D experience that I've always wanted. Yes. But that's Absolutely. enough of that, A Dub. I can I'm sure I have more. We'll get into it next week. But we have such a such a huge, huge bit of news. One you know just had to had to bring up bring us out of the break. And so A Dub, you want to lead us off with our topic of the, the week. week. To topic of the, the week. Had to had to double up on the audio there. <laughs> yeah. Big news. Probably gonna take up most of the show. Because there are, there are implications, there are, there are interpretations, there is speculation. Uh -huh. there, we got to hit it from all angles. This week, 
<laughs> we learned that Microsoft has just put their dick on the table <laughs> for all to see. Like, basically, they're just like, you know what, let, let's, just, let's just start off 2022 with a bang. They have announced their intention to acquire Activision Blizzard for $68 billion. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's crazy because like you know, so during the break there is that uh was it take two they picked up was it Zynga? Yeah and and that was like you know it wasn't a big deal because you know it's a people look at it as like oh mobile games, yada yada yada, what does that matter? But that was like that was a pretty big purchase at the time. Twelve billion dollars. Yeah, and then just was it right around the corner? Microsoft is like, yeah, uh, sixty-eight billion dollars. <laughs> Hold my Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh my god! Oh it, lord, that, that shit was just just earth shaking. Like it was, it was insane. It was awesome in so many ways. You know, shifts the landscape and just, just, just great as far as like something new to discuss. Like just something different. You know, all like pretty much we're going to this year. Like, are we just going to be discussing COVID and? A lack of consoles being out there, like until basically until Horizon comes out, like uh-huh. this is how it's gonna be. But nah, we got we got shit to discuss now, A Dub. Oh lord, <laughs> like it's so, it's so outrageous that it. This is like something some dude would write on an internet message board just to just to troll. <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, I, like, let me just read off like a couple of the franchises. We have Call of Duty, Warcraft, Candy Crush, Tony Hawk. Diablo, Overwatch, Spyro, Hearthstone, Guitar Hero, Crash Bandicoot, Starcraft, and so many more. <laughs> like those are just a couple of the IPs that they will be picking up with this uh, with this acquisition. Yes. It's, it's it's insane. <laughs> yeah. So Microsoft, yeah, they they have the intent of acquiring Activision Blizzard. It's going to be at about ninety five bucks a share, with which I think there's like 770 billion shares of Activision Blizzard outstanding, which will come to the tune of about $68.7 billion. Massive, massive acquisition. Personally, I thought the ZeniMax acquisition was on the big side, like $7 billion. Goddamn, that's that's some serious business. And they were like, oh, we ain't done yet. So they went and did this. This kind of makes... Game Pass makes sense to me now because before with the whole Bethesda thing, it's like, yeah, but like they don't really put out games on a regular enough basis. They sell a lot, but you know, that's not really going to support whatever Game Pass is. Now, with Activision coming under the umbrella, I can see how that works now because you have a big annual franchise like Call of Duty, and then you have just the, the periodic heavy hitters from the blizzard side to also supplement that i mean you still have you still have the other franchises tony hawk's back like you listed off the greatest hits and yeah man it's it's a substantial it's almost a bit too big for words but at the same token there's a lot to discuss here like amc how do you feel about about this (laughs) i can't even find the right yeah i mean it was uh it was pretty intense when i when i heard the story and you know i immediately like jumped to like the uh i or at least i just heard the voices in my head like the people being upset about it and 
I would say that was one of the things I was shocked. Not shocked. Well, I guess, yeah, shocked. We just because, you know, people always react negative to anything. And this is one of those stories. And, you know, with the, um, as you mentioned, with the Blizzard thing, not Blizzard, with the uh, Bethesda thing, there was this whole thing about, like, you know, Microsoft, uh, they're just acquiring like oh this is this is bad for gaming blah blah blah. Oh, there's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, but then with Activision, because you know the me- games media, yeah, a segment of the gaming community, like they were just you know every week we were just we were trying to avoid discussing the hatred that was around Activision, and as we had mentioned, like up until you know maybe uh, up until the lawsuits that that was going to be brought by or the investigation that was brought on by the state of california at that point like i was kind of like we were we were pretty much just like people need to relax about activision i know like you're upset about like how they handled uh destiny and them putting loot boxes and uh loot crates in call of duty and things along those lines like people just need to need to relax but you know people were upset at that point and and, and, you know they were upset about it in overwatch too with the the loot boxes and even then we were like you know whatever but then you know after the the loss the uh, the investigation that was brought on by the state of california and then just hearing then all the news stories that came out after the fact about a lot of the um you know just workplace gender discrimination stuff and just treat mistreatment and basically if you were a, a woman that worked at activision it sounded like it was just not a good time at all and it was, it was pretty fucked up and that was one of the first times where i think like we even were just like yeah like this is just this just does not sound good mm-hmm. and they, they'll but they'll they'll work it out and they'll figure it out and so then when this story came out um as i as i was like saying earlier the reaction was actually pretty much like good like we're happy like for, like when a lot of people were upset with bobby Kotick, so it's like mm-hmm. he'll he'll be gone um microsoft will, will take it's still it's still a rumor we don't know exactly what's gonna happen to bobby yeah he, he, he is getting paid out though <laughs> i will tell you that yeah exactly like the only thing i took from the microsoft release was basically um so Phil Spencer said, until this transaction closes, Activision Blizzard or Microsoft Gaming will continue to operate independently. Once the deal is complete, Activision Blizzard, Activision Blizzard business will report to me as CEO of Microsoft Gaming. So the assumption is he'll eventually at least take over as CEO. We'll see what happens to Bobby after that. Be uh, the, the highest one on the rung. Yeah, maybe he gets like demoted to president or something along those lines. Until I mean, that's what happened when, when UFC sold... Um, when UFC was sold, uh, Dana White went from, I believe, like CEO to president or something along those lines. And so, yeah, it's like it's a, a slight downgrade, but I mean, he could still have an important position, at least during the after the transition. And, you know, to to get you know Microsoft up to date on everything that's going on Activision. But yeah, so the the, the reception was actually pretty positive especially from games media um they were fed up with activision and then as we said there there are a lot of people discussing just you know the i guess as they would say the somewhat stale production of uh activision games uh as far as like just the focus on call of duty at this point um and not much else they had published with sekiro um but yeah so they, they 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 viewed it as you know uh just an injection of creativity that might that could possibly come from this acquisition deal and so people seem pretty positive about it which it was nice it's nice it's we're a weekend so you know 
things still have to develop as more news comes out. Maybe people will find things to nitpick and get upset about. But as of right now, this seems to be a pretty positive story. And that's that's something that I, I am happy about as of right now. Um, I guess, how, how did you receive it initially, Adel, when you heard the story? Uh, you know, just basically the way I broke it down is like, this, this definitely makes Game Pass make sense while this is indeed a substantial business and economic move overall i don't really see it as that big of a loss for sony insofar as like activision blizzard they're one of the few companies that has a rock solid portfolio of just high quality titles that they support the hell out of at the same token call of duty annual franchise semi-annual franchise that's the that's the breadwinner around those parts but then everything else is just so far and few in between i mean if, if any of you have any experience with blizzard games you're aware that they don't come around that often when they do come around they're extremely highly polished they're top grade they're something that the industry can look to as examples of what just talented creative game development looks like but at the same token like i mean we're still waiting for diablo 4 it got delayed until at least 2023 that'll put it damn near a decade after diablo 3 came out uh overwatch 2 we're looking at close to seven possibly eight years since the original overwatch came out you know world of warcraft there's only ever been one of those uh, Hearthstone, only ever been one of those. Heroes of the Storm, only ever been one of those. StarCraft II, like that came out ages after the original. And who know, we haven't heard anything about a StarCraft III. So it's not like, it's not like these are mainstays within the industry just insofar as their, their presence within the industry. So I don't think there's much of a loss there, especially given the nature of acquisitions. I mean, this is going to take until sometime in next year to be finalized and go through. You know, it has to be checks for monopolies and all that, even though it's not even close. And we'll talk about that a little later. But, you know, with the nature of acquisitions, we know that you acquire a company, which means you acquire all their contracts and agreements and things like that. So it's not as if now all these games that Activision and Blizzard are currently in the process of making are suddenly going to become exclusive. Uh, as we saw with the ZeniMax acquisition, Microsoft sticks by existing agreements, which is great for gamers, especially in the near term. If a game has been announced with its platforms already, such as the case with Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4, then we can expect those games to appear on the platforms they've been announced for. Diablo 4 has been announced for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Overwatch 2, I forget which platforms, last gen or current gen that they've been announced for, but their platforms have been announced as well as the, the statement from Blizzard that you know if you already own Overwatch, you can play Overwatch 2 multiplayer for free. If you want single player content, you have to buy the game. So we can depend on that stuff and as i noted before seven or eight years since the original overwatch about a decade since the last diablo so 
nothing lost in that sphere. Like we still have the upcoming games that are going to appear multi-platform. Now, because a game like Diablo 4 is announced for PS4 and Xbox One, then that still leaves up in the air the circumstances around a next-gen version or a next-gen upgrade because that hasn't been specified yet. And Microsoft being business daddy now, if those get announced, it's probably Xbox One only. So, you know, it's going to create a situation where your man A-Dub might have to double dip because I got to get the PS4 version to play with my boy and make sure that we get through that adventure, running them riffs, playing these characters, maxing out, getting them gems, getting them legendaries. But I also want to play the best possible version of the game. So I'm, I'm already thinking to myself, I got to split my time. I got to have... I got to have the AMC copy for when you're free and can play Diablo 4. And then I got to have the A-Dub copy for when I'm just on my solo time. And, uh, you know, people need to start thinking about making those kinds of decisions themselves. However, it's not really that big of a deal. So that's where I am with the acquisition. It's a big move business-wise insofar as consumers in the near term. We don't have much to worry about. On that front, however, once the games that we know about are out the door, then it's Microsoft's game from there. Uh, this definitely adds a tremendous amount of value to Game Pass, or it will at least, because I imagine that the entire Activision Blizzard catalog is going to end up on Game Pass. They're going to have their day one. Yeah. Day one well, oh my God, can you how well, many they, people they, are going to play Diablo Game Pass? Yeah, well, they said pretty much they said pretty much every game that they can have will end up on Game Pass. Um, so, like, as we had mentioned, you know, there might be some, like, they probably can't get, like, Spider-Man on, like, the old Spider-Man games. They might not be able to get that on Game Pass because, you know, of the rights and things along those lines. So there's, there's certain things that, like, I'm sure that they might not be able to access. But, yeah, the stuff that they can is definitely going to end up on Game Pass there as far as, like, back catalog stuff. Um, yeah, I would, I pretty much would, would agree for the most part. Like, for me, I don't really give a shit about, like, you know, console wars and all that bullshit, if you haven't noticed. Uh, and so, like, even if, like, this is, say, a huge win for Microsoft, and you see, like, towards the end of this console generation that now Microsoft is still out, is now outselling uh, PlayStation uh, by the end of this, in this generation. I mean, it, to me, it doesn't really matter because I look at, like, a Nintendo and just think about like where we were with the Wii U and you know how <laughs> how people were just like oh like Nintendo's done it's just going go third party yeah yeah all that bullshit <laughs> and then all it takes is just one generation and next thing you know the Switch is the best selling console just completely killing it the best selling video games um, at least first party video games don't I mean, end. even killed even killed PlayStation in Japan yeah and. And that's where that's where like I want to focus right there is because that's what really what it comes down to is it comes down to you know the games and Sony is going as long as Sony is focused on making great games then they'll always have people coming over to the consoles like you never really think about getting a Switch so that you can play Call of Duty mm-hmm. and that that just shows Nintendo can do it without certain third part big third party games and they can still find that incredible success which means that sony can do the same thing um 
if anything, what I love about this this deal is that it just shows like we now see it in this generation, the reaction and that there's no that there's still fight in these companies. It wasn't like Sony just completely just murdered the game with the the PS4 and then Microsoft and Nintendo rolled over. We see Nintendo recover. (laughs) Yeah, like we see Nintendo bounce back with the Switch. And now we see Microsoft just like you know what we have money let's just fucking start like let's just like step it up and just start acquiring studios and so they they do that zinni max deal let me just read off a couple of the studios that they required so activision publishing they required blizzard entertainment Beanox, demonware digital legends high moon studios infinity ward king major league gaming radical entertainment raven software we got some unionization going on there sledgehammer games toys for bob and treyarch <laughs> and so yeah they they're just they're just amassing all these studios so as you said like even if they don't have you know a ton of production from blizzard it's not what they need at this point and that's like the beauty of what they're doing is now um they've they have all these studios where there's not a a pressure because i know when you know when game pass first got announced um and and then they picked up um you know bethesda there was this thing of like well are they going to try to put out shorter experiences so they just so they can get more games out but now that we're seeing that they're just acquiring a bunch more studios that means that they can just have certain studios just working on games for you know seven to five year like development cycles and as much time as it takes and stagger it yeah exactly because they have so many studios that at least they're going to have a steady churn of big games coming out so there's no real worry there that you know there's going to be a dip in the quality or even the length of certain games because they they just have a bunch of studios working on a bunch of different things so there's not really a pressure to get things out as quickly as possible it's really just they just need to hit their deadlines, whatever those deadlines are. And so um, I love it. It's it's showing uh, perseverance on like for these studios. And um, I mean, we can just quickly get into why we don't think that there's a worry about a monopoly here. A dub. What, what's what's your uh, reasoning behind it? And I'll give you mine after. It's not like they bought Sony or Nintendo. Like there's still two big console manufacturers that they have to compete with. There's still a laundry list of publishers there's still hundreds maybe thousands of developers out there that are third party making games for the love of the game there's still a competitive diverse widespread industry out there activision it as i as i alluded to earlier activision isn't they like their portfolio is quality it's got heavy hitters it's got big titles but it's not very wide at least not at this point in time. Like, yes, they have a lot of they have a lot of dormant franchises that Microsoft has said that they want to dig into. Phil Spencer noted that they're eager to revisit abandoned Activision franchises. He named drop Guitar Hero, King's Quest, games like that. So we could see their portfolio widen and hopefully maintain that same level of quality. But it, come on now. There's way too much stuff like you could avoid everything microsoft owns and still have an absolute blast with what are still way too many games to be able to enjoy in a single lifetime if you wanted to what do you feel yeah um i i took it as like a completely like you know from a completely different stance where i totally agree with you there's just there are so many publishers so many developers out there that aren't owned by any of these companies that you know you can still get great 
great games. As I mentioned before, Nintendo, they might not have like, uh, they might not have all these great deals with maybe some of the big, you know, third party publishers, but they've definitely dipped into like this space with all these indie games and it's made like the Switch the indie console now. And so, yeah, there's ways to work around it. I would also say this too, like, um, if anything, it, I would say pressures Sony to be a little more, um, and that's like really maybe that's like Microsoft's game this entire time was to get Sony to play a little more nice. And what I mean by that is that I remember there was that whole thing when crossplay was really being discussed, and it was kind of Microsoft. Microsoft was kind of trying to you know take the helm and say like yeah, like we we want to do crossplay, but there's somebody over here that doesn't want to do it. And then we did see you know partnerships with nintendo and xbox with minecraft and um i mean we saw cuphead and orion blind forest and will of the wisps go over to the nintendo switch so we started seeing xbox games on the nintendo switch so um we saw those two companies playing nice and then eventually nintendo uh sony was like you know what like we're gonna start allowing cross-platform play for video games yada yada and so if anything like i think with this call of duty pickup it's kind of like a way of saying like it's not like we're gonna we're gonna now keep call of duty off of sony platforms it's if anything it's gonna be sony let's do some more cross-platform things right now i know that you have more you might have more consoles sold but we have this game that a lot of people on your console want to play but we also want them to play with xbox players yada yada, yada. so if anything this might in a way you know you know create a, a connection between the companies that necessarily sony didn't need to do in the past because they were just so far ahead and so now if anything um i think this gets into play a little more nice which might uh you know benefit the consumers in the long run which i which i think could be awesome uh also i mean i i'd heard this on other shows i'm not even going to act like this is uh an original thought but i think this microsoft doesn't want to eliminate their competitors as you said they didn't buy them because if they were to you know take so much of the uh the space up uh in the, within the industry then they would start facing antitrust issues because of these because of the way that they're yeah because of the way that they're growing and that's by acquisitions and so because of that they they are also pressured by you know by law by the government by the u.s government to play nice with these other uh hardware makers because if they get too big then they will start stepping into that monopolistic territory and they will start facing lawsuits and you know they might have to break up in some type of way and so because of that i think there is also a pressure from them to also continue to play nice and that's why i feel like this isn't as far as far as like you know them taking over and this and this crushing Nintendo and Sony, that's not in their interest or that's not in their best interest. And so because of that, as of right now, we're hearing all the right things. They said, yeah, as you said, they're gonna they're gonna uphold a lot of their contracts. When they even when they picked up Minecraft, it wasn't like we saw Minecraft suddenly go, um, you know console exclusive it's still on every platform minecraft dungeons on every platform things on those lines and so yeah it's if we see that you know there's still going to be some some big games that come out exclusively for xbox but i don't think that they're going to do this thing where they're like you can only come here to play these games if anything yeah we might see something how, how sony as you mentioned uh with like diablo we might see something how, how sony had to deal with what was it destiny 2 where you know only certain strikes and are can be played on uh, on a playstation maybe certain missions or 
quests along those lines are only going to be on the Xbox, but you'll still be able to have access to the game and a ton of content. And so, yeah, I think not as big of a deal as people might worry it might become. Yeah. And, you know, this deal, it doesn't just affect the game space. Like Microsoft is thinking bigger. Uh, There was a press release where they noted that this acquisition will provide building blocks for the metaverse. (laughs) (laughs) So as you guys probably know, there's like a, a big metaverse gold rush for virtual property. You know, people want to live next door to Snoop Dogg in their virtual worlds and shit like that. Uh, Unfortunately, I know very little about the metaverse because quite frankly, I don't give a shit and I don't want to participate. (laughs) AMC, do you have any kind of information or input concerning the implications for the metaverse with this acquisition? Not at all. I mean, uh, this is like one of those things where anytime I hear about the metaverse, I'm like, awesome (laughs) let me see it like it's it'd be like even pre-aol internet days we're like there's this thing called the internet (laughs) and then and then you get the dial up and it's like all right i'm i'm on the internet but am i really on the internet yeah (laughs) just looking at a page with three people in a chat room (laughs) yeah and then and then you know a decade or so passes and then you're like all right i can kind of see what's happening here and another decade passes social media pops up and then you're like oh shit this is like the internet now yeah. <laughs> and so that's why i feel like the metaverse it's gonna be one of those things like it's it's gonna build it's gonna be a process it's gonna be a clusterfuck in the beginning but then as more companies get in there they carve out their space and kind of figure out what it is that people want and especially how they can monetize and collect people's data and shit like that then we'll start to see that thing kind of like you know come a little more into form but as of right now it seems like the metaverse is this thing that people are excited about and worried because anytime you mention in metaverse then Next thing you know, we start hearing about NFTs and then people are like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. People having, a, having opinions and feelings about things they don't fully understand. Yeah. especially And any also one of the things I always hear about the metaverse is, you know, it's connection to VR. And as we know, VR hasn't completely taken over yet. And so that's just another reason to believe that it's going to be a while before, you know, this metaverse thing really becomes like, this is all we talk about. And you know, we're worried about its impact on society. <laughs> we'll see. If it's like Ready Player One, I'll be all over it. <laughs> yeah. But insofar as this acquisition, I mean, yeah, man, this, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's huge to just throw around that kind of money. It's going to be huge for the Game Pass offerings. You know, it's, this might be what was necessary to get the kind of subscription the subscription boost that they're going to need in order for game pass to be the de facto solution for where we go for our games, just that one-stop shop, because I mean, over 10, 14, 15 million people play call of duty. I don't, I don't know how many people were playing Warzone because that one's free to play. Right. Yeah. Warzone is actually, actually huge. Like, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the free to play one. You can get it anywhere. Like that was my initial speculation was maybe they do it where like Warzone, well, all like Warzone is the established multi-platform version of call of duty. And then maybe they start doing, you know, some console exclusive, like, like, you know, spinoff shit where it's like, Oh, this is more of a campaign driven call of duty game and things along those lines. Um, 
and then yeah warzone is kind of the de facto call of duty game moving forward but yeah warzone yeah warzone's the uh the free-to-play big one as of right now yeah it'll be interesting because if they do do future call of duties of course those are going to be exclusive to the microsoft ecosystem and if that's the case then you know you're talking about millions of people who played on playstation that either have to get gaming pcs or have to get xboxes or it's something that runs Game Pass. So there's a lot of potential growth in that area. Yeah, as of right now, in that presser, they said they, they announced that they have 25 million subscribers to uh, Game Pass. Oh, to Game Pass. Okay, I thought you were about to say Call of Duty. Like, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think, I think the, the sleeper here is going to be the draw of Diablo 4 on Game Pass. I, <laughs> As much as people talk that shit, as much as people, you know, talk trash about Activision Blizzard, Blizzard in general, Diablo in general, having Diablo 4 available to you on a subscription service on day one, I think you're going to see tremendous numbers. There's going to be a lot of talk and you're going to see just that player base reach a whole higher level than it would if it was just a retail product. Yeah, for me, I was going to actually say, uh, I think Overwatch is going to be the other big one. Like, this is actually very positive for Overwatch in that I know Microsoft, they wanted like their big, they wanted their big like multiplayer game. I mean, Halo Infinite has now, you know, stepped into that space. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they, they had announced like some games when they initially were doing like, you know, the big Game Pass offering. And one of them was kind of like um, an Overwatch hero shooter style deathmatch game uh team deathmatch style of game and i forgot what the name of the game was even at this point it might have came yep. and went at this point and, and that's the point <laughs> yeah and so now to have you know overwatch on game pass this is an easy way to you know just get a big like user base from people who are like oh you know what i can just hop on and play overwatch and if you didn't own Overwatch 1, well, now you have access to all that content and, uh, in Overwatch 2. So that means you get access to the campaign and all that good stuff and you still get exactly. to play it. And yeah, so I think and if people were kind of like, you know, questioning if they were going to play like buy Overwatch 2. Well, now if they have Game Pass, it's uh, it's no question. You can just hop on at any time and have that. And so that could be one of their big multiplayer experiences to you know justify getting that subscription without having to buy the game. So just another thing on there. Like we saw the the success of uh, damn, I want to say Sunset Riders, Outriders, uh, with the with the uh, when it launched on Game Pass. And so yeah, just another game in that in that vein. Uh, multiplayer driven that people now can play without having to you know really debate if they want to jump into that space and and pay for it again so yeah that basically those blizzard games um can potentially start doing really well like even like like because there is that pc game pass and if you just throw warcraft on there and so now you no longer have to consider you know People have been probably have have been paying for a subscription to Water Warcraft this entire time, and now if it's just on that PC Game Pass version, now they just be like, oh well, I don't necessarily need this anymore, and I could just get Game Pass on PC and have Warcraft, and also have access to all these other games that are a part of that service. So that's just another thing to um, how that Blizzard catalog can beef up Game Pass's offering. Absolutely, yeah. 
<laughs> it's, it's the landscape has changed substantially and it'll be interesting to see where where the fruit rolls down the hill in the years to come and i mean seeds grow the one thing like we briefly discussed it i mean we don't really have to get into it but i think it seemed obviously like bobby Kotick was a little checked out with um some of the business practices like he was just looking at you know the dollar sign and the financials when it came to his position and making sure that there was growth and the comp- the company was profitable. Um, and so now with Microsoft taking over, there definitely will be a pressure that necessarily wasn't there before to, you know, get things in line. And so maybe that's also a win from their part. Like it's, you know, it's one of those life lessons, like never let, like always take advantage of a good crisis. And meaning mm-hmm. that like, you know, you need time to grieve obviously when you're in a crisis, but then what do you do after that? And we see this opportunity and it wasn't just like Microsoft just showed up to their doors and were like, give us your company. Like Activision was also hurting. And so that's why it's almost seen as like a partnership in a way. It's like Activision was hurting in a, in a major way and Microsoft was looking to beef up its, its, its studios. And so like, it's that you see this crisis and now you see a company come out like a lot stronger and, you know, Activision, as you had mentioned in the pre-show, a company that a lot of people wanted nothing to do with now, they're suddenly um, like backing it. And mm-hmm. so it's uh, within a crisis, both companies have actually come out on top. And that's that's another thing that I would I would also say that is a, a, a good thing that came out from this process. But what, yeah. what were you, you going to get to, Ado? Yeah, I mean, genius move by Microsoft. I mean, if there was any time to buy this particular company, now was the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm sure they weren't going to get any cheaper than they are now they all the all the like toxic elements within them have either resigned or been ousted and they're trying to build back up i think they have one of the first they have the first video game union in america you know that's coming coming together under that roof yeah and now Yeah. yeah and now with microsoft taking over that'll definitely give them like the guidance and the structure that they need in order to become the better versions of themselves that they're that they're trying to get to. So it's it's definitely a win for Activision Blizzard. It's definitely a win for Microsoft. Uh, don't know if I'd necessarily call it a win for gamers, but you know we have some people <laughs> who got some opinions about who's winning and who's losing in this situation. <laughs> We got you, Charlotte. Week, Charlotte. Week, Charlotte. Week, I mean, you could come so many ways. You come at people who are upset about this. You could come at Xbox fanboys shitting on other people. I mean, there's so many angles they dumb. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually curious to see what trolls you were able to pull from the internet. Yeah, man, we took a little break. I might be a little rusty on my, on my troll trapping, but let's see what we got here. <laughs> First troll says. Can't wait for Microsoft to crash another game studio. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's going to be great. Uh, Microsoft has definitely learned their lesson from the era when they earned the reputation for crashing studios. So I don't think it's going to be that straightforward of a death spiral. I think they learned that, you know, it's probably better to be hands off. I mean, with the Bethesda acquisition, they stated in the early in the early goings of that process that Bethesda will continue to function 
independently of Microsoft. Like basically we just own them now and they report to us, but they're still Bethesda. So I imagine a similar situation will eventually happen here, but I think Microsoft's going to be a little hands-on with the cleanup and restructuring process that Activision Blizzard is in desperate need of right now. Uh, Nextral says, this is terrible news, no matter how some people would try to justify it. Buying another big profile publisher after ZeniMax is a clear attempt at becoming a monopoly. Never good for any industry when a company does this. Uh, you clearly do not know what a monopoly is. Do not participate in these discussions. Nextro says, wow, I don't think this is healthy. LOL. Uh, healthy. <laughs> healthy. <laughs> Oh, mercy. Next show says, I don't think there's a gaming company I couldn't care any less about than Activision Blizzard. If I were an yeah. Xbox fan, this move would do nothing for me personally. Yeah. Well, the good news is you're not everybody. Everybody's different. A lot of people care about Activision Blizzard games. A lot of people don't share your opinion. Moving along. Next troll says AMC is going to love this. I never liked Jim Ryan, but now I actually feel bad for the guy. LOL. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, in, in all this, there's been a lot of posturing between the Sony and the Xbox fans. And oh my goodness, it's, uh, it, oh, is this the end for Sony? What's Sony going to do? <laughs> We're gonna make um, video games. <laughs> yeah, they still make the highest-rated, most celebrated exclusives in the industry. They have three of the most anticipated games of 2022 releasing this year, starting with Horizon Forbidden West in February, moving to Gran Turismo Seven in March fourth, and then we have God of War Two. No date specified, but apparently it's coming out this year. And then that's the that should be the end of the cross-gen slate. And then we'll finally start to see more current-gen-only titles. I mean, we still got to see Little Devil Inside. We still don't know what certain studios are doing. What's Naughty Dog bringing out next? As I said, if Nintendo survived the Wii U, I think Sony's going to be okay. <laughs> Sony has phenomenal games on the slate right now. I think they is... sold 13 million Wii U consoles. <laughs> Jesus. Keep talking, Ada. Yeah. My uh, headphones just went out. But Sony is doing just fine. I mean, we got Spider-Man 2 coming. We got Wolverine game coming. That could go anyway. We still don't know what other studios are doing. I mean, Sucker Punch, we got to see what they're working on after they just put out the Ghost of Tsushima DLC. Iki Island got the director's cut. AMC is back. <laughs> yeah, it's just Sony doesn't have anything to worry about. Only Sony... Only thing Sony has to do is keep doing what they're doing. Jim Ryan will be fine. Cool. Did, did you mention that they got the Uncharted movie coming? <laughs> they got the Uncharted movie coming that probably nobody's going to go see because the casting is abysmal. They got the Ghost of Tsushima movie or oh, something coming eventually. need to let Dicegate be the star. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> let him do it. He clearly has the voice. He clearly knows the lines. <laughs> just let the dude do his job. Next show says... Can't wait to play a Master Chief in the Xbox exclusive Overreach 2. I mean, Overweight. I mean, Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, Master Chief and Overwatch? That should be hot. The grappling hook? Dude, I, I was... <laughs> when I pulled this one, I was like, I wonder how AFC is going to feel about the possibility of Master Chief and Overwatch 2. That would be huge yeah, if they I mean, did that. Is, yeah. I would be all over that. 
but yeah, it's, but it, I mean, this comment just falls into that bucket of people making remarks from a place of ignorance. It's like Overwatch 2 isn't going to be exclusive. <laughs> so <laughs> moving right along, maybe they can fire Bobby after this. LOL. Uh, I mean, that's what everybody's hoping. That's what everybody's hoping. He's probably going to leave anyway. I mean, why stick around? Phil Spencer is going to be running that show. Just, just take the money and walk off into the sunset. Like, you won. You did it, Bobby. You won. You got to the big payout. Just walk to the cashier, turn your chips in, and leave the casino. <laughs> and go make your own casino with your winnings. Next show says, and Xbox gamers will never buy another game again. <laughs> I mean, I kind of agree with that because with all yeah. this stuff, with all this stuff, <laughs> they don't have to exactly. <laughs> However, I mean, there are reports that Game Pass has helped spur the sales of games. There are smaller developers who have said the Game Pass has put their games in front of so many more people that it has helped them sell more copies. So there's not much truth to a thought like that. And so we'll just have to see what happens. Phil Spencer says it works. I'm starting to believe a little more that it works. So we'll just have to see. Next show says, journalists going to shill even more for VIP access. <laughs> You're not shilling. So everything that every review is going to be paid, Ada. It's all paid. Microsoft paid yeah. for a review. They got the money. Yeah. <laughs> and now the last troll says, Are we witnessing the beginning of the end for PlayStation? Uh, as we well, said, no. <laughs> let, let's see how things are beginning for PlayStation. We got Horizon Forbidden West coming out soon, less than a month away. Super excited. Gran Turismo 7 coming. God of War Ragnarok coming. Got Last of Us 2 multiplayer separate from the main game coming. Got possible The Last of Us remake coming. Got the, got the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection coming. Got, it has so many things. Oh man, you don't know what Sucker Punch is working on. Got Insomniac working on Spider-Man 2. That's coming. Got Wolverine coming. Got more Marvel games on the slate after that coming. Still got third-party offerings because there's still plenty of third-party studios to put games on PlayStation since Microsoft doesn't own the entire industry. So everybody can shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's all coming. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Your life's going to go on just the way it was because Sony still knows how to cultivate and create some of the best first-party exclusives in the industry. And that's just not because I really like their games. It's because it's true. Microsoft has done an excellent job of bolstering their stable of developers and making sure that they will have original quality top tier offerings to fill out their ecosystem for their players, current and future. So it's just going to be an interesting shooting match to see what kind of content going to be coming from each manufacturer basically things got a lot more interesting this is not the end this is just the beginning of something new so let's buckle up and enjoy the ride because they want us in their cars yeah that was that was great um all right 
I have a topic. If you got anything else, A-Dub, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. All right. Uh, we got NPD for 2021. So these are the best the best selling games of the entire year of 2021, in case you were wondering, A-Dub. I was. And you know what? This is why the acquisition is important, A-Dub. Not, you know, as we said, it doesn't kill Sony, but this is why it's important. So- as you can guess, number one best-selling game of 2021, Call of Duty Vanguard. Number two best-selling game of 2021, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. So Call of Duty, the best two selling games in the U.S. for 2021. Let's keep it going. Three, Madden NFL 2022. Four, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Great title. Mm-hmm. Five, Battlefield 2042. Everybody's mad at the game, yet fifth best-selling game of the year. <laughs> Worst game yeah. ever to come out. Buying it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Six, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Seven, Mario Kart 8. Eight, Resident Evil Village. Nine, MLB The Show 21. Oh, I thought Game Pass. Nobody buys video games. Ninth best selling game of the year. Oh, people still bought it, <laughs> 10. Super Mario 3D World. I'm going to run through these next ones Far Cry 6, FIFA 2022, Minecraft, Animal Crossing New Horizons 14, NBA 2K22, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Back for Blood. Mortal Kombat 11 and 20 A dub Forza Horizon 5. Nice. Still, still yep. moving a little bit. Made it on the list and what came out in November, right? So only two months on the year and still made it in the top 20. So not bad at all. And that's with Game Pass. All right. So let's do this. Um, some notes as far as Pokemon 2021 dollar sales of Pokemon franchises. Physical software reached its highest annual total since the year of 2000. As I mentioned, uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, but this is the franchise. This is any Pokemon sold this year, but most money that they made in one year since 2000. Uh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil franchise dollar sales reached a new all-time annual high for the U.S. market. This year, we saw Resident Evil Village come out as well as other Resident Evil games that have come out in the past. So all those together combines to the highest all-time money made in a year uh, in the U.S. market. Uh, This one, I just titled Longevity because they pointed out all these games that came out actually before 2021 that made the top 20 list. So seven of the top 20 best-selling games of 2021 also ranked among the top 20 best-selling games of 2020. Those games were Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mario Kart 8, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Mortal Kombat 11. Um, These all appeared on 2021 as well as 2020. Mortal Kombat 11, Smash Bros. Ultimate, Mario Kart 8 also appeared in 2019. So those those three franchises still selling two years in. Absolutely awesome. I also pulled the top five from each individual console to see which games were the best sellers on those in physical dollars and at least in in physical units in the US. So number one, Pokemon, uh, this is for Nintendo. Number one, Pokemon, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Number two, Mario Kart 8. Three, Super Smash Bros. 3D World. Four, Animal Crossing New Horizons. And number five, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on PlayStation. 
This is why this deal might be important, A-Dub. Number one, Call of Duty Vanguard. Number two, Madden NFL 2022. Number three, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number four, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. And number five, MLB The Show 21. And on Xbox, number one, Call of Duty Vanguard. Number two, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Three, Madden NFL 2022. Four, Battlefield 2042 and 5, Far Cry 6, and I'll just note these. Number 6 was Forza Horizon 5, and number 7 was Halo Infinite. Those two games came out later in the year, and and because of that, didn't make the top 5, but you know, still made their list. And then as far as consoles, um, let's see. Uh, surprise, surprise. Nintendo Switch led 2021 hardware in both unit and dollar sales. Um, obviously, you have to take into account supply supply uh constraints with the um playstation and xbox which definitely hurt their sales as far as hardware sales uh nintendo switch having been on the market longer they had those those consoles out there but they also were hit by you know some um you know supply issues production issues but yet they still came out on top and sold the most consoles this year um so yeah we'll see how that changes as you know as this year develops and maybe we see some more chips showing up in the market but yeah that's all i have for npda dub do you have any other stories before we get out of here i ain't got nothing just oh, a yeah. bunch of anticipation for this upcoming slate of games i mean dude we're less than a month away from horizon forbidden west that is going to be an absolute showcase for the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5 oh, on this TV. Oh, my God. I think we're, we're about two to three weeks away from Sifu, maybe even less. <laughs> less than that. Yeah. yeah. Three, I mean, a week before Horizon, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we got Sifu coming soon. Yeah, it's a, you know, that, that Q1 is about to come, you know, just about to take off in full force. And, you know, once Sifu comes out, I think it's just... 2021 or 2022 is just going to take over just banger after banger after banger after banger that was um you know i i'll say a little upsetting in that like um with this time off we didn't get to do our most anticipated episode Uh, oh yeah yeah we usually break down all the games coming out this year and things that we're looking forward to how we feel about them yeah (laughs) yeah, exactly so that's a little unfortunate we did have our you know in our trolleys we did have our most anticipated games so we we did discuss it in a way we just didn't go as in depth with everything that's coming out for the year but you know as they as they start coming you know we're going to be discussing them because we will be picking them up or at least discussing the reaction to those games as they come out absolutely and, and now we can look forward to any xbox game coming out and getting rated well knowing that they're paying yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i think somebody online said something to the degree of are we finally going to get keyboard and mouse support for Diablo 2 Resurrected? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, I, just, I want that controller on the console. I like what they've done with the controller um, with yes. Diablo, Diablo 3, and I hope they just keep it going with Diablo 4. I still haven't fired up Diablo 2 on this new TV. I, there's still so many things that I need to do on this new TV. The only thing I've been playing is Diablo Horizon and Returnal and Chorus. But oh. damn. Exactly, I, yeah. I, I I have everything. Like I haven't fired a Borderlands yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man, yeah, I can't wait so, to see uh, when you get that. I was say Diablo. When you get Horizon, I can't wait to see what that looks like. Oh, I might, I'm I might, I might, I might have to finally break out of the bubble, make my way over to A Dub's house, and just yeah. sit down and, yeah. and, and watch that game played <laughs> in yeah. person. 
Yes, please do. Uh, I haven't uh, even seen your new setup yet, so that's gonna be that's gonna be something else. I can't wait. Oh my god, dude! It's I I look forward to going home every day just to be in front of the TV. <laughs> like I mean, unfortunately, I'm still neck deep in all this studying and stuff, and I I, I refine my process to where you you get off work, you get home, you study, you study until you are satisfied with where you've gotten or you run out of time. You know, I was trying to prioritize working out and, you know, staying in shape. But, you know, after some, after some things that I went through, I think we talked about it in the pre-show and, you know, seeing that I could, I could not work out and still lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) That it's like, okay, I think I got this under control. You know, it'll, I might lose a little definition. I might, I might lose a little pump, but I'll still be, I'll be able to get all that back when the time is necessary. So I'm prioritizing studying and now studying is moving along at a much faster pace. And yeah, I should be able to be back to my, my normal life. Well, not necessarily my normal life, my newer, better life. And be back to that in no time and really dedicate the time and energy I want to these games. However, Horizon Forbidden West, that's going to be getting some significant time. I imagine that I'm also going to be going for the Platinum because I love this franchise. I got the Platinum on the first game. I will be getting the Platinum for the second game. They put out they put out a good amount of new footage. Like there's a new story trailer that shows some of the different factions that you're going to be interacting with and they also introduced a new villain. Uh they also showcase a lot of the of the story-driven moments in the game. And yeah, man, they really, Gorilla really put a lot into Forbidden West. It's going to tell an epic tale. There's going to be a ton of action, a lot of suspense. So I'm very excited for that. On top of that, I believe there's also a new gameplay trailer. So you guys might be interested in checking that out. And yeah, man, it's 2022 is going to be a big year for games. So everybody just strap in and, you know, go limp. (laughs) <laughs> so you don't hurt yourself <laughs> just get ready for this ride i mean just at, from sifu on like it week after week after week after week it's just dope game dope game dope game dope game yeah. <laughs> and you know some things are getting moved around soccer two got delayed to the end of 2022 it's about about seven months so if people are looking forward to that you're gonna have to wait a little bit but that's gonna allow them to be able to put more quality and polish onto that game. Uh, we knew about Saints Row reboot getting delayed to like August, I believe. I mean, Starfield still sitting at the end of the year. It is, it's less than a year out, which is amazing. And, you know, just going to have to try to zone out and let time just wash over me until November 11th when I can finally play what I'm hoping to be my forever game, my sci-fi open world space opera that I've been dreaming of. So, we shall soon see. I'm very excited about what's to come. Glad to be back here recording with my boy. Mm. Very happy for the new addition to the family. I can't, mm. wait, can't wait to meet her, put on the fairy wings, have the tea party, whatever it takes. Teach her about accounting. <laughs> <laughs> Get her going in the world of finance early. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the ABC.
Shoes! 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 Shoes!